Today on the show, I talk to Bernard Maher, the futurist, speaker and author, not off the back of his piece for Unleash about future trends. We get him on the podcast to talk about AI, machine learning, natural language processing, and of course, Tom Cruise and Simon Cowell deepfakes. Yes, we're talking about AI, Web3, the blockchain and more. This is a conversation with a man who knows a thing or two about the future. So do sit down in your comfiest chair and have a listen. You wrote a great listicle for us recently about nine big tech trends that are going to be upcoming in future. Thanks very much for joining the podcast today. We're going to be talking about many of your kind of specialist interest areas, but um, maybe let's start with the human side of things, I guess, which is about uh, creativity and collaboration. Uh, You believe, and I also believe, um, that these skills, uh, these these traits are going to be even more important as we uh, grow further and go further into a digital world. What do you think, Bernard? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me. Um, it, for, for me, as a futurist, I look at future technology trends, future business trends, and this is a topic of, of, of my books and my writing. And each time I give presentations somewhere in keynotes or talk to senior executive teams in in companies and talk about how technologies like artificial intelligence and blockchain and robotics are going to change our world over the next 10 years, the, the next question is, okay, what does that mean for us humans? How do we compete with increasingly intelligent robots? And when I, robots can be machines, but they can also be devices. So we have... We now have smart watches, smart um, speakers, smart everything, and really intelligent robots that can drive our cars, that can pick fruit. That we have intelligent AIs that can do the jobs of lawyers and doctors, or many parts of it. So, and I have three children myself. So the question that I was asked all the time, what does it mean for the future of humans? I, I think I then needed to answer really well. And I then started um, really phrasing this in my own head, saying, what, what are the skills that we will need in the future? And how do we basically, how do we share our workspaces with increasingly intelligent machines? And what will we give to them? And what will we do ourselves? And when I did this, it was actually quite refreshing because I've always said that it will make our truly human skills, the things like the soft skills, like uh, critical thinking, like creativity, like complex judgment and decision-making, collaboration, emotional intelligence, all of these things, will become increasingly important because lots of the mundane technical things we can actually outsource to machines in the future. So what we will see in the future is that our, all our jobs, all our work will get augmented by increasingly intelligent machines and humans need to make sure they have the, the digital and the digital literacy, they understand what technology is coming up and how it might might augment and change their industry and their jobs. We need increasingly awareness of, of data, which is the fuel for this new industrial revolution. 
but the vast majority of the skills will be soft skills. And, and in, in my book, Future Skills, I look at the 20 skills that people need to, to really succeed in the digital world. And out of those 20, 16 are soft skills that make us truly human, I believe. I've got an unplanned question, actually, which sort of relates into, um, into what you've just said. In, uh, in researching uh, a bit about your your backstory, other than the work that I've already seen, I, I was reading through some of your blog posts on your site. A lot of them are based around blockchain or, or um, data analysis or the metaverse, which we will come on to. But funnily enough, the post that really piqued my interest was about critical thinking and um, 13 easy steps to improve your critical thinking skills. And it strikes me that that's a kind of an area which bridges the gap between soft skills and data. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it it's a, it's a soft skill to be a good critical thinker, but it's a, but you use data to kind of become a, a good critical thinker or so you say in your blog posts, what could you expand on that? Yeah, not very, very true. So I, I mean, you're absolutely right. So we need data to make better informed decisions. And we've never been in a place where we have more data available to us. Um, Just in the last, if you look at how much data we've generated in the last two years, it's much more than we've generated in the entire existence of of mankind. Um, We we now have something in the region of 35 zettabytes of data in the world. And over the next two to three years, this will explode to over 200. At the same time, less than 1% of this data is ever used to inform decision-making. So we need to become better at it. At the same time, in this digital world, we are constantly bombarded with information. So we have these tons of data sources that we can use at the same time we go on platforms like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. They create what I call filter bubbles, where if you have liked certain content, they will give you more of that content. And if you have a certain political view, it will likely give you more of those because you like it. And this can create this little echo chamber of of your own worldviews. And for me, it's really important that we go beyond this and we understand that critical thinking means finding trustworthy information and data that we then use to make the best decisions. And if we simply rely on our biased view on social media, that is not a very good way of making better decisions. At the same time, we now have very powerful technology. We have now artificial intelligence enabled bots that can generate Twitter and Facebook content. And we've seen this, how how entire countries are now trying to meddle in elections of other countries by putting out lots of fake content. And another part, and this will become increasingly difficult in the future because we see Twitter posts and they they say this person has said this and this person never said it, but this goes viral because it's a good post. That's bad enough. In the future, we will can we can use AI technology to mimic 
us as humans. So I don't know whether you've seen the, the deep fakes of Tom Cruise, for example, on TikTok and Instagram. And I have just um, spoken to the, the two guys that created this. And they actually performed on America's Got Talent and turned um, one of their singers, Daniel Everett, into Simon Cowell live on stage. So what you saw on the screen was Simon Cowell singing. And, and so this whole deep fake technology that you can literally take anyone's face and anyone's voice and clone it and create deep fakes. And this would become really important to think about when we think about the future of our world and this is where critical thinking becomes really important that if you are seeing a president of a country or a prime minister or a business leader on tiktok making claims that they have never made but because they look so real it goes viral and people start believing it so this is where critical thinking will become even more important in the future where people really have to think, how plausible is this? Where is this information coming from? Um, and and I believe that to some extent, blockchain technology will could potentially be one route of giving us more uh, verification of our data, where you to some extent can have your biometric data, things like what you look like and what you sound like, protected on the blockchain. And if someone then misuses it, it can detect this. But for all of those reasons, critical thinking will become increasingly important. I think what businesses need today is they need people that, that can think by themselves, that they, they can look through information, say which, which information is really trustworthy, which is a good information source, which isn't, how do then use this and aggregate this data and analyze it to, to make a, a good decision. But in the future, this will become even more important when we enter the, the metaverse and, and, and where we have more deep fake technologies and even more intelligent AIs that can sound and look like us in, in written form, in video form, in audio form. Perfect segue. Thank you. I was just about to talk about the metaverse. So I got served an article from Forbes that was titled Meet the World's First Chief Metaverse Officer. And um, you're probably aware of the story, obviously, Kathy Hackle, uh, who is Chief Metaverse Officer of a company called Journey. Uh, digging into the story a bit more, she's also the CEO. So I think she's kind of self-styled her job title as Chief Metaverse Officer because this is the, the kind of the world that Journey uh, um, find themselves in and specialists in but the question i have really is what new technologies are going to be shaping the workforce and obviously part of that is the metaverse but what else do you see kind of coming down the track for a lot of businesses and organizations yeah very good question so for, for me the biggest and most powerful technology that humans have ever had access to is artificial intelligence and machine learning this will be able this this will allow us to do amazing things it will basically um give us super skills superpowers all of us to do um amazing things at work and it will augment every job and every industry and any company out there that thinks that artificial intelligence doesn't matter to them will simply be left behind because it is a such a powerful technology that matters to everyone's job 
And this technology is evolving so fast in so many different ways. Um, there are so many subsets of AI. We have things like natural language generation and processing. So the ability to speak like humans. So we are now used to speaking to our phones and our speakers and uh, our cars, and they speak back to us and sound very human. Um, the fact that we can now use this to generate images like these deep fakes is becoming increasingly intelligent and then using machine learning to even do manual tasks like driving and flying and, and all of this is becoming um, super capable so ai is by far the most important the second thing is what the second technology is around extended reality so i believe that we are at the verge of a new internet revolution or a new revolution around the digital world. We've had the first version of the internet, which were flat um, websites. The second evolution was when we had Web2, Web which was all about the user-generated content, social media. Um, so if you go back 20 30 years ago, no one thought that companies need websites. Then um, they thought, oh, actually, we don't need social media. Nowadays, companies can't survive if, if they're not on social media. Um, and in the future, this Web3 revolution will be that our internet will become more immersive, more 3D. So what we're doing here now, I can see you on a flat screen in 2D. This is not bad. But wouldn't it be better if we can meet in a room somewhere in 3D where my avatar sits opposite your avatar, where we can choose where we want to be. If you wanted to sit on the moon and have this conversation or sit somewhere in the jungle or go on a boat trip, we can do that. And, and this evolution is already starting. So we have things like living wine labels, for example, um, the Australian wine maker 19 Crimes has these really cool wine labels of, of some of the, the people that escaped to, to, I think they were prisoners brought to, to Australia. And what you can now do is you can use an app to simply point your phone to this wine label and it will then the person on the wine label be, will become alive and you saw so an augmented reality you can see that person telling you the story about wine um, if you google dinosaurs now you already have the option on on google to say i want this dinosaur in augmented reality in my room and anyone listening, I try it out because it's, it really, this is the beginning of the metaverse. So instead of just looking at a dinosaur flat image or video file on your phone, you can now put the dinosaur into your garden or into your room and you can see it moving around and you can get a real insight about how big it is, the scale, and you can walk around it and look at it from different angles. And if you then think this is where we are today, this will completely revolutionize many aspects of training, of education and, and others where we, instead of looking at flat files or books or videos, you can immerse yourself. Just imagine a, a, a child learning about ancient Rome and you can, you can look at a book, you can look at a video, but how much better would it be to actually put yourself there and put virtual reality goggles on and walk 
around Rome and experience it. And this technology is so fast evolving that I believe the, the future interface to the digital world, which currently is our smartphone, will be replaced by mixed reality glasses. So this is what companies like Facebook and Apple and Google are working on very much. And, and we're seeing the first evolutions of this. I recently tried out an HTC headset that looked like sunglasses and they connect to your phone. So they use some of the processing power of your phone. But this is cool because you then you have you can wear them on public transport without looking like a like an idiot having a computer strapped in front of your head, and um, and you can blend either the the word out and use it as virtual reality, or you can have augmented reality. So you can have a you can still see the real world, but you can have information overlaying it, and and I think that that will be the future of of entering the metaverse. And I believe companies, instead of having a flat website or a social media presence, will have their own homes or places that you can visit. And, and again, we're seeing this happening today that companies like Nike and Gucci and others are experimenting with creating their own stores in video games like Roblox or Fortnite and others. And or in digital worlds like 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 sandbox these are very early stages of this but this this will accelerate especially as technology like ai evolves because we need ai to create these these super realistic digital worlds that we will enjoy in the future i've got one last question and let's tie it back to hr so with all these technologies coming very fast towards us we're obviously we have early adopters um we have kind of the laggards, we have kind of a, a plateau, as it were, um, when it's kind of adopted by the majority of the market. But what can HR leaders do? They're increasingly important in their business. They've shown as a department how crucial they are to kind of everything, workforce happiness, workforce planning, uh, the way that we organise our days and weeks and um, and everything like that remote work, hybrid work, the list goes on. So with all these technologies, how can HR leaders uh, get ahead of this for workforce planning? Yeah, good question. So for, for me, there are two, two ways HR need, leaders need to think about the, all of this technology and what it means. The first one is how it will transform the HR function in itself. So we already have super powerful AI-enabled tools that help us to recruit people, that help us to onboard people, that help us to, to deliver training. Um, companies like Honeywell are already using virtual reality to deliver training and onboarding. If you think about um, now, if you want to... Um, apply for a job at a company, you might look at Glassdoor and other tools to give you an idea of what it's, what it's like to work there. In the, in the future, you can probably try it out in the digital twin of this company. You can visit the digital office, the digital version of the real office and see what it feels like and meet some of the people working there. Um, so it will have real implications of how we deliver HR. The, the second and I think more, more important 
element of HR leaders to think about is how they prepare their own company and their own workforce for this new industrial revolution. Um, we've had these different stages of the first industrial revolution, the second, the third, and now we're in the fourth. And each of the previous industrial revolutions were basically driven by one main technology like steam, like um, electricity, like computers. I believe that we will we are entering this new world of hyper, innovation and hyper evolution where technologies like blockchain and ai and cloud computing and virtual reality and all of these amazing technologies all impact each other to continuously accelerate innovation so what this means is that we probably won't have another major evolution we would have just one massive accelerating evolution of technology. And what this means is HR leaders need to engage with everyone in their organization. Because if you say to a lawyer, actually, AIs can now do lots of things that you are doing today. Or if you go to a doctor or a nurse and say, actually, AIs can now analyze CT scans and they can diagnose things much better than you can. And they will probably be able to make secondary um, diagnosis because if you are looking at a broken bone, this is all you look at. But the CT scan has scanned the entire leg on the entire body. And there might be other things that, that the AI can pick up. They can now come up with really good personalized treatment plans. They can analyze huge amounts of data that initially scares people saying, okay, what does it mean for my job? So for HR leaders, it's really important to initiate those conversations and say, our world is changing. Our workplaces will be augmented by these technologies. Now let's put a plan together to make sure we recruit the right people in the future. But even more importantly, we equip our people that we have at the moment with the skills they, they need to thrive. And this is why I, I wrote the book about the, the, the future skills, because I believe these are the 20 skills any HR leader needs to focus on in their own organization and develop those skills to make sure their organization is in the best shape possible. Well, Bernard, thank you so much uh, for your time. Definitely going to read your book. And uh, I'd love to talk to you again, actually, because we live in a very fast changing world. There's going to be new technologies coming down the line in the next month, six months, 12 months. So really interesting to see where we might be in, say, a year's time. But for now, Bernard, uh, thank you so much for talking to our Thank you so much, John. Thank you for having me.